How's your headphones? Good. All right. Oh, how's your dinger? Hasn't been used for a while. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I haven't played with my dinger since last time we got together. Let's see if it's what still... an easy joke. Let's, <laughs> I'll take it. Let's, let's hear it. Oh, I got the wrong dinger. There it is. Oh, mine's too quiet. Turn up your dinger. Turning it up. Let's get trivial, trivial. I want to get trivial. Let's get into trivia. Let me hear your knowledge talk. Your knowledge talk. Let me hear your knowledge talk. Let's get trivial. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Quiz Fix Podcast. My name is Paul. My name is Monica. Hey, hey, Monica. Hey, Paul. What's happening? We're here. We are here. And look who came out to join us in the recording. Murder Face. Murder Face has not joined us in a recording in a while. She has been in the bedroom all day today. And as soon as she heard your voice, she came out. Oh, I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to just take that as a compliment. (laughs) Thank you, Murder Face. It is true. Yeah. Well... Oh, that's a big old cat. <laughs> she is pretty large. <laughs> you are like a throw rug of a cat. You're just a big one. Uh, we are here at uh, Monica's apartment in beautiful uh, Seattle, ready to record some trivia for you. We haven't done a regular podcast in a very long time. Yeah. I was starting to write stuff for today, and I was like, when was the last time I did this? And it's been like, it's been a long time. I actually wrote the lightning round like a few weeks ago. Right, the one that I had to cancel because uh, things got too moving, moving and crazy and stuff. So, but finally moved, done moving. Got Yay. the last, the last of the cardboard boxes left the apartment today. Shook. All right. So, we're uh, we're getting some decorating done. We're getting some wall hangings done. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. That usually takes me years. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to get things organized before I can feel like I'm home. I still have stuff in boxes. <laughs> well, I have a whole storage space I had to rent out. Going from a four-bedroom house with a basement to a two-bedroom condo, no basement, means I had to rent a storage space. Oh, yeah. And uh, so that one is filled. We tried this whole downsizing thing. It's hard. I I think I did pretty good, and yet we still filled up an eight by ten storage space. <laughs> that the hoarding instinct is still still there. It's hard to hard to kill. Do you have the hoarding instinct? I keep things for a very long time. Luckily, nowadays my hoarding is really computer related. Like I have every quiz that I've ever written, uh, dating back to I think two thousand and eleven. Oh, and that just stays on a little hard drive. Yeah, I've, I've got it. I've got it on this computer. I've got it on the cloud, and I've got it on a hard drive. So uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. But uh, every once in a while, when I can't think of something to write, I've almost become my own trivia resource center. <laughs> like if I can't think of a good random knowledge question, I can go back to 2013 and find one that uh, I haven't asked in a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Nobody remembers anyway. Well, it's funny because I use the Jeopardy archive, which some fan has done an amazing job of listing every Jeopardy question, including like how much it was worth, who got it right, all this sort of oh thing. Mean, it's, it's an insane. I mean, hats off to whoever made the Je- Jeopardy archive. But I, every once in a while, I'll look on there for an idea or for a, you know, a question, and they repeat questions quite often on Jeopardy. They do. Oh yeah, like you'll see the same question slightly reworded, like mm-hmm. you know, like a certain subject maybe once a year. So wow, you know, I did not expect that. I didn't either. But then again, it's like who remembers. You know, people on Jeopardy. <laughs> I think that's true. <laughs> that's true. They probably go to that J archive and like look up stuff as they're getting I bet prepped. People train. Oh, that absolutely. Way. Yeah, absolutely. You can see some trends on what they ask certain times a year, and if it's a certain subject, what kind of things they kind of lean towards. So, yeah. Uh, anybody out there, look at that. Uh, it's called the J archives, Jeopardy archive. It's very fascinating to go back and go all the way back to I think 1986 and see games that were played. It's not complete, but it's it's pretty good. When did the show start? Well, the show started, I want to say in the 50s and then went off the air. And then the new ones with Alex Trebek started in the 80s. The, the real ones. The real ones. Yeah. The ones that uh, the old ones are interesting. They're they're the same. It's the same concept, and you know, form of a question, daily doubles, and all that sort of stuff. But it's much more kind of dry facts. The uh, questions now are kind of written a little more artfully. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to trick people or trying to be just be more more entertaining. So. Not like us. No, no. <laughs> Entertainment. Entertainment's not the game. Guys, if I'm a little down energy today, I did two shows yesterday and had a rehearsal this morning, and I am uh, running on uh, running on empty. Running. Yeah. Yeah. I have an excuse, but I don't remember what it is. I don't know what it is either. Uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, thank you, everybody, for coming to the Friends Trivia Night. That was a lot of fun. That was fun. And uh, uh, congratulations to the Team 777 for winning the thing and uh, for raising some money for Monica. That was all very nice of everybody for coming. Yay. Yeah. I think people had a good time. We are going to run another boss level quiz at some point. But uh, trying to figure out one that's not an NBC sitcom, we've we've kind of we've done three of those, and I want to find another subject. So, well, we'll figure that out. But uh, follow us on uh, on Twitter and Instagram as, and uh, we'll announce another boss level quiz uh, probably in the next few months. Right now, we got tournament time because the tournament's over and we got the finalists and we've listed them up and we are about to send out some emails to the finalists. If you have not responded, finalists, and said you're going to make the final uh, tournament game, which is August 24th at the local 907, do so now. Quizfix at gmail.com. We'll be reaching out to you as well, but uh, get your confirmation in. So we know how many people are going to come and how many chairs and stools we need for everybody. Uh, yeah. I think I'm going to be there. I'm, I'm <laughs> planning on you being there. 
You know what? That is four days after my final treatment. Wow. So August twentieth is my last treatment. That's that's great. And actually, so I have this idea, and I want to kind of crowdsource a little bit with mm. the with the audience here. Okay, audience, if listen anybody up. Anybody has an idea, and then I need an email because I want to know. Okay. So I don't think I have. Um, told you what the external radiation is like at least on mic i don't think i have but basically i'm laying on my stomach and they expose my bare ass okay so, <laughs> so there's like these radiation techs that have had to look at my butt every day for a couple months okay and they had to um, set up a new um, treatment plan because the last six they're doing are focused on the lymph nodes. Right. And for some reason, I don't know, just to humiliate me a little more, my doctor needed uh, the part of the body where the whatever rays go. I don't know. She needed it like outlined in a marker and a picture taken of it. So like two circles outlined on like one on each butt cheek. And then they took a picture of my butt and I'm just laying there like, oh, why is this happening to me? <laughs> and they kind of like, we laughed about it because like you don't look at somebody's butt every day and not have a little bit of a rapport by the right, end of it. Right, right. So they're kind of like making fun of me and I'm laughing about it and I'm like, you guys are so terrible. So I've decided that for my very last one, when they pull the gown up, I want to have like a message on my butt for them. But I don't know what to write. (laughs) So crowdsourcing begins now. Oh. What should Monica <laughs> write on her butt? So I was thinking like, you know, I could do something like a heart or a smiley face. Like sure. something easy. Yeah. Or like, um, I, th- I thought of like, smell you later. Because I'm not going to see him anymore. <laughs> smell you later on a butt. <laughs> or like. Dial one nine hundred mix a lot. That's my favorite one so far. Now I'm assuming <laughs> that you will have to employ somebody to do this for you. Well, as Lisa from The Simpsons said, mm-hmm. I'm surprised he was able to write so legibly on his own butt. <laughs> so I don't know, like, if I'm going to be able to do that or not. Uh, so anybody out there who has a, has a, thinks they have a suitable phrase for her uh, for her uh, doctors on that very last day, uh, quizfix at gmail.com. I am so looking forward to this. And just subject line, Monica's butt message. That's what I want. So I know that it's not something else. Monica's butt message. Send it to quizfix at gmail.com. And uh, the winning one, we will not post a picture of... Uh, no. Of her butt with the message, um, but we will uh, let let you guys know who who had the uh, the winning one. If anybody comes up with an idea, yeah, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. 
Um, (laughs) How do I know I feel like that might be the most entered thing we've ever offered up (laughs) on this podcast? Yeah. That could be it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, are you ready to play some games? Yeah. Let's do it. Now it is time for the lightning round. Ooh, boom. Wa-boom. Wa-bing-bang-boom. Hey, you know what we do at this time of the of the podcast? I've, I, I'm not sure anymore. Oh, it's where we ask each other five questions. Yeah. We've come up with, five, with one topic, five questions. We don't know what the topics are going to be. We don't know what the questions are going to be. And often we don't know what the answers are. So... Uh, play along at home and see if you're smarter than us. You probably are. Uh, <laughs> what's your topic for me this week? The worst. The worst. Is it all about murder face? No. No. Oh, look how cute. She murder is. face is being super lovey-dovey right now. <laughs> this is great. There's going to be a lot of murder face uh, interruptions on here. You can just tell you that right now. Oh, yeah. Come and say hi. Oh, what a purr. <laughs> oh, that's therapeutic out there. Um, that's what ASMR should be. It's just cat purring from now on. <laughs> uh, your topic is French fries. Okay. French fries. Uh, because I think there's a French fry holiday this week. <laughs> <sighs> People in their holidays. All right. Do you want to go first or second? I'm going to go first. All right. Here we go with today's lightning round. Number one, Meryl Streep's 20th Oscar nomination for Best Actress was for what movie about the worst opera singer? Uh, that is Florence Foster Jenkins. Yes, it is. And I will insert right here a clip of the real Florence Foster Jenkins singing because if you've seen the movie, it seems like an exaggeration. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> She was. Uh, Question number one for you. French fries first became popular in the U.S. when what president served them at a White House dinner in 1802? Mm. 1802? 1802. Turn of the century. Oh my gosh, I don't know who was president then. Not good with the presidents. Some people really do well. Like they they have it memorized. It's a it's a I good. I need to memorize. I need to it. too. That's one of my weaknesses in the trivia game. Um. Who would bring French food back to the U.S.? Jefferson. That is correct. <gasps> Jefferson. Yay! Jefferson was doing all sorts of Frenchy things back then. Yeah. So uh, was um 
Benjamin. Benjamin Franklin. Mm-hmm. But Frank- he wasn't the president. No, he was never the president. Everybody. He was too gross. To be president. <laughs> that can't be a determination <laughs> with present company included. Me? No. <laughs> Present presidential oh, company see. included. Number two for you. The former Philadelphia Phillies first baseman Ryan Howard was had four strikeouts in a game twenty-seven times. More than any other player. This award is referred to as what? Oh. Get basically getting four strikeouts in a game as a name. Is it uh the Hmm. Well, getting four hits. Okay, let's think about this. Getting four hits in a game is the cycle if you get a single, double, triple home run. So I'm going to say, like, it's the whiff cycle. No. Okay. Did you just make that up? I did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's called the Golden Sombrero. The Golden Sombrero. I like that. I'm sure there's a lot of players that have reached a golden sombrero. There are, but Ryan Howard has done it 27 times. <laughs> Ryan Howard was a minor league player in Pennsylvania when the office came on board and they had a character named Ryan Howard, which is the uh, BJ Novak oh, character. Yeah. yeah, and he wasn't a. And then, like, as that show started, he became this popular and major league player in Pennsylvania. So there was because two Ryan Howards. Show? Yeah, they were like, you know, there's a character on TV, so we should pretty put you in the major <laughs> leagues. Well, you can just strike out a lot. That's Actually, how had Andy some... became so popular. Andy, too. Andy Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question number two for you, as mentioned in Pulp Fiction, Frit Sauce is a dipping sauce popular with French fry, French fry consumers in the Netherlands and Belgium, and it's based on what condiment? Is it mayonnaise? It is mayonnaise. That's so gross. Uh, I am not a mayonnaise fan. I, I like, uh, we buy the veganaise. Really like that. Oh, I have had that. Yeah, it's yeah. better. It's better, yeah. Number three... The movie with the lowest IMBD score is Saving Christmas, <laughs> where what 80s sitcom star saves his Christmas party from his cynical brother-in-law by teaching him about Jesus? I know this because I used a <laughs> clip of this in a video round. That is Kirk Cameron. That's right. It looks, it, it's so shoddily made. And there's the whole breakdance sequence. No. Yes. For Jesus. Yeah, but it's not Kirk Cameron. It's like some cousin of his. I, it, it looks like everybody on that in on that video is like related to him. <laughs> they probably yeah. are. Yeah, it is. It's some. It's some shot. And the the the. I remember the the cover of the DVD or the poster is like him like doing like a karate kick out of the poster and he's saving Christmas like he's some action hero. And then it's all just kind of this dummy. Yeah, it's really awful. So that Kurt Cameron actually stayed at this hotel in my hometown where I was working. You're such a bragger. 
I didn't get to see him because <laughs> I wasn't working that night. Sure. But it was because there's a super Christian-y um, college right by there that he went and talked about, I don't know, how to hate gay people better or sure. something. Sure, sure. You know, <laughs> he doesn't do it well enough. You got to gotta get better at that. <laughs> That's the only way you can save Christmas. Yeah, hate <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel like the... Uh, the cynical brother-in-law in that movie might have been the actual savior of Christmas. Yeah. Instead of Kurt Cameron <laughs> slash Jesus. Slash Jesus. <laughs> Don't slash Jesus, everybody. <laughs> they are dead. <laughs> question number three, and we're going to stay in Ohio for this question. Ooh. Ohio Senator Bob Nay became sort of famous in 2003 when he asked congressional cafeterias to do what with their french fries? Oh, he wanted to change them to freedom fries. Not only did he want them to, they did. Oh, he was a simpler time. Uh, he was like the head of some uh, committee that had the had <laughs> the they had the power to do that. So he sponsored this bill saying because they weren't into going to war in uh, in in Iraq that got to change those french fries to freedom fries also freedom toast freedom <laughs> that dressing that was so funny when all of a sudden everybody's like we're gonna hate the french yeah we're like gonna keep it wasn't popular before <laughs> we're gonna keep eating all the foods with their names in them but we're gonna name them freedom so now french and freedom are equivalent that's the thing i always think it's like <laughs> so yeah okay so now they're, they're the french people are like well i guess french means freedom to you I like how that, like, 9-11 happened, and then it was like, everybody just lost their minds for hating French people. Yeah. And then, all the, and then it was, like, slowly, like, backed away from that idea, like, we're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we hated French people? I don't know what you're talking about. Selective amnesia. <laughs> there was also, like this list of songs that like the radio stations didn't want to play mm -hmm. since like the shootings happened and walmart decided it was gonna take away take off um violent video games from its shelves mm -hmm. so i see like this picture of like the video game section and it's like pretty much empty because all the video games are violent and it like totally made me think of that list of songs that radio stations didn't want to play. And also there was a picture of the gun section at Walmart that was stocked. Yeah. Oh, well, here we go. This is great. This is the Clear Channel Memorandum. Uh, following the September 11th t attacks in 2001, uh, Clear Channel Communications created an internal memo containing a list of songs that pro program directors felt were lyrically questionable to play in the aftermath of the attack. Uh, 165 songs were on the list. Let's just give a few uh, um, uh, highlights here. Uh, ACDC's Hell's Bells. <laughs> I'm going to agree with that one because I don't like that. Here's here's one that, <laughs> that, that would ruin your karaoke night. The ad-libs, The Boy from New York City. Why? Just because it mentions New York? Because it mentions New York City. <laughs> uh, let's see. Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. What? Um, I don't like that song either. Let's see here. Uh, Pat Benatar's Hit Me With Your Best Shot. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, <laughs> that song's about drinking. Yeah, there's some interesting ones. Phil Collins in the air tonight. <laughs> I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Oh my god! But wasn't it during the day? Yeah, it was in the morning. Um, just uh, drowning pools bodies. Let the bodies hit the floor. There's some really interesting. Uh, <laughs> Fuels bad day. Green Day's Brain Stew. I, some of these I just don't un- understand at all. I think I don't understand any of them because none of them are about flying a plane into a building. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's very few songs about flying planes <laughs> into buildings. I don't think there are any. Oh, man. Well, yeah, you can go look at this list. It's uh, it's so incongruous. It's like anything with the word fly in it, they just took that <laughs> off the air. Uh, oh, uh, is it's it your turn? turn? It's your turn. Number four. In 1924, American businessman Charles Adams was awarded an NHL franchise. He asked his general manager to come up with a name for the team derived from a cunning, untamed animal. He chose what Old English term for a brown bear? And this is a hockey team? Yeah. An old English term for brown bear. Hmm. I'm I don't know. What is it? It's Bruins. The oh. worst hockey team. Oh, I didn't know they were the worst hockey team. <laughs> Wait a second, how did the Boston Bruins become the worst hockey team? When I became a Habs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying to link that up and I could not in my brain link up what that what what it's that a was. Funny joke. Oh, that's, that's it's, it was it was good. Uh number four for you but if you yeah, it means a brown bear. I should have figured that one out. You're tired. Number four for you, if your fries are cut julienne style, they're typically named after what clothing accessory? Um, you know, the Habs coach name is Claude Julienne. Is it really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, then you can give him a call. Claude Julienne. <laughs> hello, hello, Mr. Julienne. Julienne style named after a what? A clothing accessory. Mm. Is it a shoestring? It is a shoestring. Uh, in fact, the the holiday coming up this this week is a, a Julienne fries specific. Uh, now are, we I should have asked this earlier. Are you a French fry? Oh yeah. What's your favorite kind of French fry? Um, probably either like the. The big, like, they call them JoJo's here. Oh, right, right, yeah. Or waffle fries. Now, JoJo's here in the Midwest, what do they call the JoJo's? They call them steak fries. Yeah. Yeah, steak fries here are something a little different. They're bigger than regular fries, but they're not quite JoJo's. Well, what makes them different from JoJo's? They're smaller than JoJo's, bigger than regular fries. Uh, But they still have the, I think steak fries also still have the peel on them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's what we—that's what we call. I love a good JoJo, though. Mm. What's your favorite? Uh, I grew up uh, with like 
we we would get like the crinkle cut fries, the frozen ones, and we we that was one of the snacks we could always get. So I was like those. But if I have to be honest, the really long, thin French fries they have at Dick's Drive-In in in Seattle Mm -hmm. that are really greasy and salty, Mm -hmm. that's, to me, like, that's what French fries should be and nothing else really matters. (laughs) Yeah. I love those. And, of course, they're very, very healthy because they're vegetable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're allowed to eat as many as you want. Yep, I am. I'm allowed to do whatever I want. I'm an adult. (laughs) Isn't that great? It is great. I don't understand people that like reminisce and miss being a kid. Yeah, remember when we weren't allowed to do anything? Nothing. Yeah. You were told when you could go when you had to go to bed. I go to bed whenever oh. the goddamn I wanna. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, murder face. Yeah, murder face. Murder face, you're not my real mom. <laughs> you can't tell me what to the do. The resemblance is uncanny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get uh, uh, I understand the mistake. <laughs> oh, she's so cute. <laughs> is it mine? It is your turn. It's the last one. It is the last one. And it's a president's question. Dun, dun, dun. It's also worth two points. Ooh. William Jennings Bryan mm-hmm. was nominated by the Democratic Party and ran for president three times. Yes, he did. In 1896 and 1900, he lost to the same person. And in 1908, he lost to another. Name those two presidents. Well, okay. One of them... mm, One of them is Roosevelt. Teddy. No. No. All right. (laughs) Then I'll I'll see if I can get the other one. Is one of them uh, McKinley? Yeah. All right, I'll take one for one for two. McKinley was the double. Right. So I. So then, 1908. Just as a. Just to try to see if I can do this. Uh, who came after? Is it Harding? No. Okay. He is big and fat and had a mustache. Oh, is it the walrus guy, Taft? It is Taft. Oh, Taft. <laughs> but or- can you imagine getting nominated three years? Yeah. And losing every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was the guy that represented the way, the, the, from what I know him from is the Scopes Monkey Trial. He was the one that represented... Uh, the state in the Scopes Monkey trial where the guy was on trial for teaching evolution in high school. Oh, yeah. And uh, so he was on uh, arguing that he should be punished for for doing that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the only, that's what I know him from. He was kind of a religious guy. Oh, the Democratic Party sure has changed. Sure has changed. We're a bunch of heathens now. <laughs> and thank God. Or... Yahweh Thank or Kurt Cameron. Oh, it is Kurt Cameron's <laughs> fault. Uh, question number five for you is a two-pointer as well. Mm. The Canadian dish poutine traditionally has three ingredients. French fries is one of them. What are the other two? Cheese curds yes. and gravy. You got it. Boom, boom, boom. Let me tell you something else. You ran the category. 
You got all of them right. I did? You did. You got Thomas Jefferson. You got mayonnaise. You got freedom fries. You got shoestring. Oh, wow. I you got six. You did it. You got six. That was a good round for you. You got three. I'll take it. I'll take it and I will run on this day of tiredness. All right, everybody. <laughs> that was your lightning round. Yay. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Have a party. Invite all our friends. Drink and pretend. Life's grand. Everything is dandy. Pinky's rays will toast the days coming to an end, my friend. It's time for French fries and champagne. It is now time for your game prep. That was I got that. I've been singing way too much low voice today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to do some prep of your games. Right on. Uh, we're going to do some uh, game prepping for you, everybody. <laughs> and maybe I won't edit any of this one either because uh, it's just going to be being really tired and punchy for the whole thing. Uh, things we might ask you this week in uh, trivia and all across the Nick, our good land could be asked because these are things that happened this week in history. Here we go. August 12th, 1990. On the Cheyenne River Indian Reservation in South Dakota, a fossil collector named Sue Henderson came across some small pieces of bone. These small pieces led to the discovery of a massive collection of T-Rex bones, about three-quarters complete. It is one of the largest, most complete, and best-preserved T-Rex specimens ever found. In 1997, the skeleton, named Sue was bought in auction for $8.3 million by the Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago, where you can see it still today. You can see a cast of the Sioux skeleton at the Dino Institute, a fictitious paleontology facility in Dino Land at Walt Disney World in Orlando. Now, as a young, young, take me back to young Monica... Did young Monica go through a dinosaur phase? I did. Yeah. My dinosaur phase ended when my parents took me to like a dinosaur exhibit mm -hmm. thing. And it was like robot dinosaurs that Ooh. moved and like roared and stuff. Yeah. And it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> 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 and I don't think I was into them after that. <laughs> no, because one thing when it's like on a page and you can color them in a book <laughs> and they're just kind of these these motionless stage sort of and then when you yeah. go to a museum and they're just like there's like just statues of them and they're fossilized. But then, yeah, if they start they moving, moving around, uh -huh. uh, have you ever done like the Jurassic Park ride, like Universal or anything like that? No, but I did love the movie when it came out. Yeah, yeah. I was at a an age where I wasn't afraid anymore at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I can see a dinosaur movie. I it was like that movie was kind of a huge like 
there never been anything like that before, Mm-mm. you know? So, yeah. like, seeing the dinosaurs on the screen and not lifelike they seemed, it was really yeah. amazing. Then you go back and watch it now, and it's, like, pretty fake looking. It's, yeah, especially, like, you know, with HD technology now, yeah. you look at it and it's, like, there's so much separation. But there's still some good effects in there. Yeah. And you can see other movies from that same year that, that try to do CGI stuff. And it's like, oh, compared to some of the other movies, it's totally lifelike. Yeah. I remember yeah. being blown away by it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the little 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 things of just like, you just see the water ripple in the glass. Mm-hmm. That's such a Spielberg thing. It's like, don't show the thing quite yet. Let's let the little terror come in. And when like the <laughs> eye is just there. It's just, oof. Yeah. Yeah. You can also follow Sue on Twitter at Sue. The T-Rex. Yeah. Now, that's not a legal thing. You don't get to sue the T-Rex. That is, <laughs> that is, that's her name. Her profile description says, Legendary fossil, apex predator, national treasure, new suit getter. A sweet getter. I guess it got a new suite in the wing of uh, the Field Museum. All caps, name, haver. Not sure why that is. They, them, pronoun user. Sure. Large murder bird. Now I put large murder bird in caps because that's what's in caps on her uh, on her Twitter. I wonder what all caps, name, haver means. Large murder bird. Maybe that's why they she put it in all caps. Uh, I guess murder bird? Murder face? You know about the murder birds? <laughs> Murder face, murder birds. (laughs) Why doesn't murder face have her own Twitter account? Because I'm lazy. Okay. And so is she. (laughs) August 13th. Happy National Left-Handers Day. Happy birthday, left-handers. About 10% of the world population is left-handed. Why are some people left-handed? Theories range from it's random to it's in the brain to it's genetic. The latest theories involve the genetic makeup of the person's spine. A 2018 study found fetuses began showing preferences to one hand or the other before the brain had developed. Only about a quarter of all left-handed infants, though, are born of left-handed parents. So they're still not sure exactly where these traits get passed down from. How do you find out if a fetus has a hand preference? I think what they... What are they grabbing in there? <laughs> I think it's uh, it's what they're, whatever they're using the most and what they're uh, sucking on. Because a lot of them do thumb sucking or digit sucking in, uh, in the, the womb? womb. In the womb, yeah. Oh, wow. So they've done studies on that. They're still. This is all still very theoretical. Most people are just like, it just seems to be sort of a random assignment if it was random then wouldn't it be more that's why people are are trying to figure out what what does it some there was a theory that was around for a long time that it was based on the stress levels of the mother carrying the infant and that uh, too much stress would cause the the baby to be left-handed this is back in the days when of course being left-handed was like considered like some sort of handicap of course, now it's just about as normal as anything else. Now it's a footy cap. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, everybody. Podcast is over.
We we reached our we reached our peak <laughs> right there. Left-handed people have a history of being thought of as evil. In fact, the word sinister comes from Latin for left hand. In Hamlet, Shakespeare describes a character holding a skull in his sinister or left hand. Yeah. You're not left-handed, are you? No, my dad is. Your dad is. I feel like left-handed people are probably more ambidextrous than right-handed I always wanted to be ambidextrous. I thought that was one of the coolest things, to be able to, like, write with either hand and do all that stuff. I've always wanted to be that. The closest I come to that is playing musical instruments. But that's about it. I feel like drummers are a lot, right? Oh, yeah. Left-handed and left-footed. Lots of things to do with your left foot playing the drums. That was the one part I could never get to. I played the drums for a little while, and my left foot just wouldn't do anything. Yeah. I couldn't couldn't get that part of my brain to, to work. My left hand is an idiot. <laughs> the dumbest left hand. <laughs> August 14th, 1945. Happy birthday, Stephen Glenn Martin. Happy birthday. Steve Martin started his showbiz career as a writer on variety shows in the 60s before trying his hand at stand-up comedy. The albums Let's Get Small and A Wild and Crazy Guy, the latter featuring the hit single King Tut, sold millions of copies, and Martin performed in front of sold-out arenas. In 1981, Martin walked away from stand-up comedy and turned his attention to acting. His biggest movies include two from 2003, Cheaper by the Dozen, and Bringing Down the House. Not two movies I think of when I think of Steve Mm -mm, Martin, but those are two of his biggest box office movies. Martin is an accomplished writer. His works include the play Picasso at the Lapine Agency. Yeah. (laughs) About a fictitious meeting between a young Picasso and a young Einstein in 1904 Paris. And the novella Shop Girl, which he turned into a movie co-starring Claire Danes. What do you think about Steve Martin? He's fine. Have you ever seen his stand-up stuff? No, you played it for me once. Yeah, uh... worth worth checking out, and just just a worth checking just the scope of how popular he was. It's amazing. Just arenas. Pretty sure filled. I've seen that King Tut thing. Sure. Was think, that on SNL? Yeah, he did it on a Saturday Night Live, and he also did it live. That was the uh, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band backing him up. He used to open for them. Have you ever seen a comedian open for a rock band? No. That used to be a thing they did a lot of, where a comedian would come out and do a short set before the band came out. Hmm. That must be the most thankless stand-up job. I mean, if you're there to watch a show, you're probably a little tipsy or a little high, especially in the 70s, and this somebody's coming out to do some cerebral, well, not in Steve Martin's case because he was putting an arrow on his head and playing the banjo, but uh, <laughs> still, you're not necessarily in the mood for stand-up comedy at that point. Yeah, so, that is weird. That's pretty brave. I'm not surprised that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. An accomplished bluegrass banjo player. Steve Martin established the Steve Martin Prize for Excellence in Banjo and Bluegrass. The early winners of the award get $50,000 
a bronze sculpture and a chance to perform with Martin on TV. Yeah. Is the sculpture of Steve Martin. I don't know what the sculpture is. I didn't look that up. But he used to to do that uh, when Letterman had his show. That was when they used to go on on Letterman's show, and he would bring on these these winners, and they would do a bluegrass banjo thing. He was a, he's a, Steve Martin's a pretty Im- impressive banjo player. Does he still do it? Oh yeah, he plays with this. Uh, what are they called? The Steep Canyon Rangers or something like that? No, I mean the the award. Oh, uh, the last one I saw that he gave out was in 2017. So, but maybe he still does it. Even though Letterman's not on anymore, but maybe he still does it. I hope he does. Give those uh, bluegrass banjo players a little uh, little props. Fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. For hey, for someone in the bluegrass banjo game, <laughs> I can buy you a few, a few bluegrass banjos. Couple. Couple. <laughs> exactly two. And finally, August 15th, 1969, the Woodstock Music and Arts Fair opens in upstate New York. Dairy farmer Max Yasger allowed his 600-acre farm in Bethel, New York, to be turned into a three-day music venue. Organizers of the event told Yasger and city officials they would have about 50,000 attendees. Over 400,000 concertgoers came to Bethel the weekend of the concert, causing traffic jams and nearly causing Governor Nelson Rockefeller to send out the National Guard. Because of the crush of people jumping fences, the concert became free by default. Musicians that played Woodstock include Richie Havens, who played an impromptu two-hour set to open the festival because the original opening act was stuck in traffic. Santana, whose 20-year-old drummer Michael Shreve was the youngest Woodstock performer. The Who who played their set at 5 a.m. Shauna Na, a 50s tribute act, <laughs> and Jimi Hendrix, the final show of the festival, who played to less than half the original crowd as concertgoers started to head home. Yeah, and, and like get a shower. Those people didn't shower. <laughs> My favorite is Shauna Na. I love the fact that Shauna Na and if you ever watch the Woodstock movie where they have clips, the Shanana thing is just so incongruous. I mean, I guess, you know, they're only 10 years apart or 10, 12 years apart from the height of 50s music at that point. But it would be like, I can't even know what it would be like now. I guess it would be, be like. like NSYNC or something. Yeah, if like Coachella put like the Backstreet Boys on. Yeah, something like that. Or like a. Backstreet Boys tribute band. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like, hey, we're, uh, there's there's a boy band tribute thing around Seattle. I can't remember what they're called, but yeah, it's as if they were playing. Is there? Yeah. Well, we need to look that up. <laughs> One more thing. Sure. Notable musicians that turned down Woodstock. Bob Dylan, boo. <laughs> Simon Garfunkel, boo. Red Zeppelin, boo. <laughs> the Birds, boo. And 
Frank Zappa. Yeah. Boo. Why did you turn it down? uh, Various reasons. Bob Dylan was signed to play a festival that happened the next week called the Isle of Wight Festival. And nobody went there. Uh, It turned out to be a pretty big concert. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel. (laughs) uh, Well, a lot of people, a lot of what I was reading today turned it down. And then because it was pitched to them as like, hey, go play on this dairy farm in upstate New York. And they're like, pass. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of bands like like Chicago, which was just starting off, got offered to do it, and they were like, "This sounds dumb." You know, there's a lot of like up and coming ones that became uh, uh, more famous later that were just like, "I don't want to fly to upstate New York and and be in this in this guy's farmyard for for what? Who's going to hear about this? Who's ever going to talk about Woodstock again?" Yeah. Yeah. Well, not. Going and playing at Woodstock hurt all of these people. Yeah, because who's ever heard of Led Zeppelin again? <laughs> They're nobodies. Yeah. It really hurt them. Yeah. In fact, if you look at the list of the, there's a lot of bands on that list of who played that you're like, I had to look up some, I had to do some clicking on Wikipedia and be like, okay, who is Sweetwater? Don't know who Sweetwater is. Yeah, it wasn't really about who was playing there. Yeah. It was just about how all these people showed up and yeah. how they were all a bunch of dirty hippies and that kind of thing. It is amazing, going back to like The Who, playing their set at 5 a.m. Creedence Clearwater Revival was on like at 2 in the morning. And it's like they just kept music going like all night long. It's like who slept at that point? Or did was like Creedence Clearwater Revival on stage and they look out and everybody's just like in their sleeping bags, just like knocked out. <laughs> they didn't have sleeping bags. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have sleeping bags, didn't take showers. Monica's laying down her uh, her love for hippies right now. <laughs> All right, everybody, that was your game prep. All right, it's time for the audio round challenge. We haven't done one of these in forever, and... Uh, Monica picked a theme a few weeks ago, and then we never could get together, but we're doing that theme now. What is your theme? Uh, was it first or last? First or last in titles, right? Yeah. Okay. Good, because that's what I did. Um, I'll say right now, last was a lot easier. Yeah, it was. Last was everywhere. <laughs> first, not so much. Not so much. So I kind of avoided the firsts. Completely. So that so that if you'd pick some first that we weren't doubling up so much, I think I have one for sure first in there, but uh, yeah, there was so f- I thought there'd be tons of them and there just wasn't. So, but lasts were everywhere. Yeah. So, um, I'm definitely gonna want to use this for a, an audio round this week. So, pay attention, everybody out there. Uh, we're gonna do one point for title and one point for artist. Monica, would you like to go first or second? I'll go second. All right, here we go through the audio challenge. And the answer to all my dreams. You're my sun, my moon, 
were the first, the last, my everything. Yeah, and that is? Barry White. Oh, I love Barry White. Me too. That is a good one. And that was the only one I could find that had both words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here is the first one for you. Just to help me dry the tears that I've got. And I'm sure gonna give you a try. See, now I'm glad I did that because I think I would have doubled up some of these. Uh, that is the first cut is the deepest. And I believe that is the Cheryl Crow version. It is the Cheryl Crow. All right, cool. The <laughs> Cheryl Crow. So like the Ohio State. Uh, yeah, there's a Rod Stewart version of that that was done in the 70s. And then there's even one before that, but I can't remember who who that is. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Yeah, well, I can tell you're excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I'm yawning on the inside. <laughs> that's weird you should probably let it out have you ever yawned and they say you can't yawn and and keep your eyes open so then i taught myself how to yawn to keep my eyes open no that's sneeze you can't sneeze with your eyes open oh you I can yawn like... with your eyes can open. you yeah okay well i did it anyway <laughs> i had time to kill as a child uh all right <laughs> you taught yourself to do something that everybody can do congratulations all right here is your second song is that limp biscuit it's not limp biscuit but that's the era that is definitely that new metal era that, this seems to be like this was like high school music or maybe just out of high school music for you. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the best best era of music in, in the world. Who's the artist? Papa Roach. Oh, gross. <laughs> just the name is yeah. gross. And the song is called Last Resort. Yeah, this is a depressing era of music. Number two. You should be a drag queen. You would win the... Uh... Lip sync for your life. Well, only because I've sang that song a hundred times in a <laughs> band. Uh, that is Last Dance, and that is Donna Summer. Yeah. Oh, love it. Uh, all right, here is song number three for you. Nirvana. That is Nirvana from their unplugged MTV show. Last chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the title that they give this song, that's a cover of a song. 
by a blues man named Lead Belly, and it was originally called In the Pines. But on the Nirvana version, they call it Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Okay. So that's the that was the, on there. They did a bunch of covers on that on that show. Uh, number three. I think you're gonna get this. One. Okay. <laughs> I knew we were gonna have some double ups on here. That's just that was just. I'm. I just love a singer that sings deeper than I do. That just makes me very happy. That is, you're my first, you're the first, the last, my everything. That's Barry White. Yay. Not Betty White. Two different people. All right. Here is your next one. (laughs) Barely. Barely White. Here we go. Now, the most amazing thing here is that there are a lot of last suggestions, and yet we still came up with, a, with some the, with some the doubles there. The last dance by Donna Summer. Yeah, how did you know? God, it just had all the same songs. Are we done to our last ones? Um, I have two more. Okay. To play for you. Oh, right, because I went first. So. Tell me if this is the last one that you have. <laughs> we'll see it is. I don't deserve it. I know I don't deserve it. But stay with me a minute. I swear I'll make you worth it. Can't you forgive me? At least just temporarily. I know that this I'm going to make a guess here. So my original thought was Brandy. But don't say anything. I imagine my original thought. But then I thought... I don't know any Brandy songs that have the words first or last in it. So I'm going to guess it's Monica. And the song's called The First Time. No. I'm All right. It's a lot newer than that. Oh, it's a lot newer. Okay. It's Ariana Grande. Oh. And it's called One Last Time. Oh, okay. I'm not familiar with the Ariana Grande me neither, but I recognized that song when yeah. I played it, so I thought you might know it. No, it's got an old kind of an old school vibe to it, so I was trying to figure that out. All right, I we don't have the same last song, so let's see what I got here. Here is your last one. That's right. I don't know who does it. It's kind of an odd one because she didn't have a bunch of big hits. Uh, that is Vanessa Williams. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, she had that and then the Colors of the Wind Pocahontas song. Oh, yeah. And that was that was kind of those were kind of her hits. Was she an actress? She was a... Well, she turned into being an actress. She's been in a bunch of stuff. She started off as she was a Miss, oh boy, Miss Universe or Miss America pageant uh, person. And then somebody had released, she had won one of those. And then somebody released like old photos of her, like posing kind of 
uh, in like fetish stuff for a magazine, and it became like this big scandal. Oh my god! Yeah, and... pearls were clutched. In <laughs> uh, the photos, too. yeah, yeah. And then she kind of like so she went. Then she went away for a while, and then she kind of reemerged first doing some singing, and then doing some acting, and everything turned out okay. Good for you. Good for you, Vanessa. So I have one more. Okay. Well, it's Green Day. Yes. What is the name of their song that has first or last in it? Uh, I'm going to feel bad because I have a feeling that people listening to this are like, oh, you should know this. Is that from the Dookie album? No. No, is it before that? Uh, I don't know the name of that one. It's Nice Guys Finished Fini- Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. There's no mistake in it, a Green Day song. I know. You'll be able to hear that one anywhere. Um, all right. How'd we do? You got seven. Okay. I got six. Nice. Nice. You won the overall day, though. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, I did. you really did well. Um, good. That was fun. Yeah, expect that one out in your trivia thing for all you Seattle Tacoma Renton players out there. Uh, speaking of which, our schedule this week uh, is on uh, everybody. It's our regular schedule. Skylark on Monday, uh, Crown Bar on Tuesday, Black Zia Cantina on Tuesday, Fitzgerald's on Tuesday, Murphy's on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, the Berliner in Renton, and uh, on Thursday, the Local 907 in Renton and Murphy's in Wallingford. You can go to our quizfix.net and see the schedule there. And you'll see all the places that are there as well. As well as you will see if your team made the tournament finals. And I cannot stress again, please let us know, tournament finalists, if you can make the finals. Uh, there is money at stake and there is uh, space at stake as well. We need to figure out where we're going to put everybody. So uh, typically our summer tournaments have been less than 20 teams just because people have things to do people are on vacation yeah so i've had a couple of our top 20 teams uh fall out already because they uh, don't can't feel enough of a team so including one of our former champion teams quizzing my pants not playing this time around yeah they just had too much of the stuff going on so uh, but no excuse but we've had most of the <laughs> most of the teams listed have have uh, have RSVP'd so if you haven't yet please do so quizfix at gmail.com the best way to get in touch with us for anything and don't forget what should Monica write on her butt <laughs> yes yes I love something if you've if you've done if you've learned nothing else from this podcast that you learn that we need to know what you want Monica to write on her butt. <laughs> this is, we've never asked a more important question on this. That's actually probably true uh, since it's a trivia podcast. Uh, all right. I think that's it. Uh, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk at you next week. Bye. Let's get trivia, trivia. I wanna get trivia